Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. I'm unprepared for the night. Hi. Hi folks, I am Tim Harvey. Uh, what? Oh, hi, I'm Dustin. And this is Apocalypse Now, here on SciFiForMe.com and SciFiForMe Radio. Um, so it's Walking Dead again tonight. Yeah. And it was a buddy episode. Yeah. Bonding episode. Sort of. Yeah, not really. Yeah, well, you know. But um, it was about the women tonight. Yes. In, in large part. The ladies. And, and <laughs> them that them that have to hide in in basements. That's right. Which is not necessarily the same thing. No. Lady there's a, in the Venn diagram <laughs> of where it's it's ladies mm -hmm. is one circle. And them what have to hide in basements is another circle. Yeah. There is overlap. They're, unfortunately this is true. But it's only Maggie. Right, right. Um, it is Simon. Simon is the name of our other savior with the curious speech pattern. The, the dicky one that goes up to the hilltop. Right. And. Well, first of all, okay. Yeah, yeah. Things okay. are progressing nicely at the hilltop. Right. Uh, Sasha and Maggie and Edith are preparing all of the children to and the fight. Yes, everyone is being prepared to fight. And it's like the training sequence in, in uh, David Lynch's Doom. Yes, right. Where they're all like, we have the knives, we have the movement. And we didn't hear any, you know, shouting at Muad'Dib. Well, it's but... very, it's quiet. It's a quiet, you know, wordless montage of things kind of progressing along at the hilltop, like... Like Daryl is like looking at crossbow darts, and and Maggie is is having her completely concave stomach ultrasounded <laughs> for her baby thing. It's early on in the pregnancy. We are talking not yeah. like you know, and uh, you know, all these things are happening, and and then the savior or then then Rosita shows up and throws everything into chaos. That's right. But now one of the one of the images that we saw as they're doing this montage is you see Daryl sitting there and you see Maggie come up to him and sort of stop. Right. Because what we we saw when Daryl was prisoner is that he blames himself very much. Yes. Um, for all the Batten. Well, to some degree, he kind of blames it for all the death, but he specifically yeah. um, is is feeling very, very guilty every time he looks at Maggie. Uh, Glenn is, I mean, he he very much feels that death is his fault. It's yes. the, the, that blood is on his hands. And Maggie's giving him the space, but there's this tension there mm -hmm. where she wants to talk to him, and she's but she's keeping back for it. Um and yes, so Rosita shows up, and we've seen this scene from a different perspective earlier. Yeah. Rosita's going there, getting getting there to Hilltop. We saw that part last week, and so now we're watching Sasha's section of that, and uh, and it's 
become clear to everyone, Jesus and, and Enid, that, that, Sa that Rosita is not there to help train the hilltop like she claimed. She is there to, to do something else. And so we're trying to figure out what that is. And Sasha's like, well, it's to go kill Megan. And I'm going to go with her. And then uh, Sasha <laughs> Enid goes. Uh, it was a really good scene. The scene Sasha and Enid had together where they're basically like, you know, you're strong. You could be there for Maggie and blah, 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 blah. blah. And, and then Enid goes, okay, well... In 10 minutes, I'm going to tell Maggie everything that's <laughs> happening. Uh, just doing what you told me to do. So you need to make up your mind what you're going to do. And yeah, then, and of course... Yeah, and Sasha's got this big grin on her face. Yeah, and she's like, like, well, that's what I said. And, and yeah, so good for you. You know, she is, she is protecting Maggie. And it's an interesting dynamic because this plan is really ill-advised. Oh, it's bad. Oh, it's a terrible plan. And yet, nobody had grabs hold of them and goes, why are you doing the terrible plan? I don't think anyone really... Like, I think that there's not time. I, I think that Sasha smiles because in her heart of hearts, she knows that Enid is going to be able... Is really not going to wait 10 minutes. She's going right now. Right. And, and so... And besides being like, this is exactly what she just told her to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and that Sasha knows that Enid and Maggie and Jesus and Daryl will, if not talk them out of it, help them come up with a better plan. Oh, yeah. And, and then the saviors show up and Sasha realizes they have no choice. It's time to go. Right. So she grabs Rosita. Oh, that's how I kind of read it. I, I, can, I can see that. I'm, it's, it's one of those sequences that I don't know there's every now and again a character on this show and other shows as well but this show has its moments where they take the idiot ball mm -hmm. and they run up the field they run up the field so bad sports analogy and the idea of this plan is I mean it's so clearly it's this is a suicide mission mm -hmm. and that requires you to expect that both these women want to die in a way that is possible, mm -hmm. but at the same time feels really unnatural. Right. And that's, I don't know, it, it, I, I, admittedly, we were at that point where Sasha had the death wish. Mm -hmm. We've had that before, but she did a lot of work since then. And I suppose you could look at Abraham's death being, you know, a reversion to that. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, it, you have to kind of believe that both Rosita and both Sasha are like, we're going to willingly go to a, into a battle that we can't win. And here's the thing that I, I don't understand about this particular idea is that it's not going to stop them. It's like Negan is going to get killed and then somebody else is going to like go kill Mm -hmm. everyone else like well and that's why i mean that's the logic only works if your goal is to die right and there's no there's no end game to this where you have accomplished anything more than killing one person right exactly it's not a good plan it's, it's a bad. very bad, bad plan. things are happening bad plans 
bad plans are happening. Mm -hmm. So they have, turns out that, that Sasha has developed an escape plan, which no one seems to have noticed her digging a tunnel underneath the wall, which is... Well, okay, okay sure. stop. Stop right there. It doesn't matter if anybody notices that, because they're at the hilltop, and that's, like, just good sense for her to have, there to be some sort of escape hatch, especially considering that Sasha, Maggie, and Daryl are all all fugitives. It would make sense if anybody saw her digging that escape hatch and walked up and said, hey, Sasha, what you doing? She'd be like, bitch, I'm digging an escape hatch because we're fugitives. Yeah. And they would go, oh, okay, Sasha, do you need any help? And she'd be like, could you get me something bigger than a trowel? And they'd say, I think maybe there's a shovel back in, or a pickaxe back in the barn. And Sasha would be all like, excellent, I'll take that. And they would then, yes. So this whole, like, she didn't, nobody ain't seen her do it is moot. Okay, fair enough. Points equal moot. So, so Sasha and Rosita go through the, the hidden underground of the wall tunnel thing and Maggie and Daryl go into the root cellar, mm -hmm. which is full of shelves with strategically placed gaps so the light can shine in and see their faces in what I have to say, while artistic, was the worst damn hiding that I have ever seen with a person, another human being in the room who has functioning eyes. Because right. it is a great looking shot, but if you can see that much of their faces through the gaps, the savior who comes down into the basement to poke about should be going, hey, what are you guys doing back there? <laughs> exactly. But so we couldn't get to the escape hatch. <laughs> Everybody helped build it. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of obvious. So yes, the the saviors have arrived, and it is a it's the, a standard savior operation on some levels. They're going around, they're poking around, they're getting in the way, they're taking stuff, but they're there for a reason, and that is because Negan killed his doctor back at the compound. For what reason? Ain't no reason. he just do it. He thought that the doctor was having an illicit affair with one of Negan's wives. And this, of course, violates the room, so he must be chucked in the furnace. Right. Like you do. It was not true. It was not true. But it did uh, It did reduce the number of, of medically trained people at the compound to zero, mm -hmm. apparently. And so there is another doctor. He's at Hilltop who turns out to be the brother, which I thought was like, oh, okay. Now, it was a fairly entertaining scene, actually, because the doctor's like, you know, uh, we gave you the supplies last time. He's like, we're not here for the supplies. We're here for you. And mm -hmm. he's like, what does Negan need two doctors for? And Simon does this thing with his face, where he does the kind of like the, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh. Well, truth be told, he doesn't need two doctors. <laughs> and the doctor looks at him and goes, Oh. <laughs> My brother pissed him off, didn't he? <laughs> He's like, got himself killed, didn't he? Fine. This would be a great vaudeville act. We're going on the road. Oh, God. And, uh, I, have to, I have to really, aside from the fact that all these, like, seriously, these saviors have got to take a class <laughs> to be as douchey as they are i have to give them credit here because that is like that's a relatively funny scene of like 
well, okay then. <laughs> Actually, Simon was was pretty funny tonight. I mean, mm-hmm. his in other episodes, he's he's come across as someone who's trying to be funny, mm-hmm. and it's been very, very irritating. This, he actually kind of was funny because it wasn't like... In some respects, he wasn't trying as hard. Right. And um, uh, Stephen Ogg is the actor. And I knew I'd seen him before. He's been in a whole bunch of stuff. He's a good character actor. And this this tonight was... Just like last week, we actually had a savior that... You know, a savior leader that were like, all right, fine. He's got some... You know, you could... You, it, he's not necessarily sympathetic, but you can appreciate the character. Tonight was like the first time that Simon was like moderately bearable, just because he was funnier. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still a he's still a horrible human being and needs to die terribly. Oh yeah, they're all terrible. And if all goes well, his mustache will burn. But um, burn. <laughs> but how he, do you spell that, Stephen Ogg? Ogg. Okay. Let's have a look. And he, um, they're not going to leave. They're not going to leave Hilltop empty-handed. Right. They give them a giant cape, crate full of aspirin, <laughs> which means that at the compound, Negan said, "I want you to fill a giant crate full of aspirin." And somebody said, "Why are we doing this, boss?" And he said, <laughs> "I'm gonna be a jerk." <laughs> yeah. Well, we're taking the doctor. Might as well give him some. And stuff. Yeah, and it's not a very good trade-off. But um, they do leave all the supplies, the doctor's supplies. They do leave his lab. There's his office. He looks at uh, um, oh, what's his name? Gregory. Gregory. Gregory, the awful. Uh, looks at Gregory and says, "My files are in order. You know, other people can step in and do some of this stuff." Yes. And he's very professional. Um, this has been a uh, I, almost like it looks like it's a, f- a fear of his or an expectation mm-hmm. at some point this was just going to happen. And well, it was his brother. He knew who he was. Yeah, and apparently he had no great surprises about his brother's attitude uh, and likelihood to stay alive. But meanwhile, uh, Maggie and Daryl have been hiding poorly in the basement. Yes. And, uh, fi- and oh, so randomly uh, Enid I think, well not randomly, I think she was like trying to to distract him from going right, to the basement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she runs up to the savior with like a basket full of vegetables, and she's like, "Oh, could you please help me with these veggies?" And he's like, "Stop for a second. <laughs> We've got all day. I think this guy was a like an English teacher." Okay, because yeah, suddenly he's the he's the language police. Well, and not only that, but the way he talks to her as a shot, like 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 I am in the presence of a of a teenager, right? And I need to instill some grace and manners in them because I'm around teenagers all the time, every day. So I think maybe I, I've decided he was like Mr. Smith. Like uh, he was the uh, English teacher at, at you know, Ogden Ogden Junior High. Uh-huh. And, and so, like, every time he sees a teenager, like right before Negan kills his family in front of him, he's oh, like... Sure. Let's, that's, that's, I was, not I were. Now, please point your, your gaze to Mr. Negan as he brutally eviscerates your parents. <laughs> yes, he would definitely be a member of the grammar police. Yes. And he, on the other hand, is also extremely creepy towards her. Uh-huh. You know, kind of way that you look at him and think, he's 
thinking about licking her or something horrible. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just a bad I, vibe. Uh, yeah, I got a bad vibe, too, but he's a savior, so he's going to have a bad vibe. Oh, I, I mean, it's a default. I didn't get the, the creep factor thing. Mm. I kind of got the, you know, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was, you know, creep. Well, that way, and like, and maybe it's just good. Maybe it's just all of the all the saviors seem to carry that level of. You know, They're all smarmy in yeah, some exactly. terrible way. So it doesn't quite work uh, because he, she only distracts him long enough to to see that he's got for him to see that she's got a big old freaking knife. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, I want that." And so, and he takes it, and it goes down into the basement, and Daryl's all like, "I want to stab you mm-hmm. in the head," and he's gonna do it. And and uh, and Maggie stops him, and then she sees Enid's knife, and you can see in her mm-hmm. eyes that it's kind of like, I'm stopping you because I intend to do, right, it's... do things. And then uh, he does not get stabbed. Because he leaves. Yeah. And Daryl, I mean, Daryl is, we've seen Daryl basically move very ferally before, very mm-hmm. very animal um, influenced kind of mo- movements. This was very much. I mean, he almost flowed to the door. It was almost like a like a uh, mountain lion, large cat kind of motion. Mm-hmm. It was very very interesting, and he is just so ready to go out there and kill them, and they know that they can't. And Maggie confronts him about the fact that he's not even looking at it. He has just mm-hmm. said a word to her, and. For all the jungle cat we've talked about Daryl being several times on this podcast, he does he he becomes what he is alternatively to the badass, you know, feral creature. He turns around and he is a three year old. He is the tears are flowing out of his face. And he's just like, It's all my fault and you know, this is my fault and and Maggie's like, No, no, Glenn saw you as one of the good things of this world. Mm-hmm. And he would know because he was one of the good things of this world. And you can't, I'm not going to allow you to believe that you are the reason that this all happened. And not only that, she said, I understand that I want we, you know, the desire to go kill them. But that's not enough. We have to win. Mm-hmm. And I need you to help me win. Will you help me win? Right. And that really was, I think, if anything, if anything, Daryl needs right now between the loss of these friends, the distance that Carol has put in between them mm-hmm. is someone to need him. He needs to have that sense of, because right now, he, I mean, he's, for all the fact that he was, you know, reunited with his friends and there's these, the, you know, that sense of family back right now, I mean, he's. He feels his value, right? His own personal worth is taking such a hit in his own eyes that Maggie needing him, I think, it's going to go a long way to making him to healing a lot of what's what's hurting him right now. I agree. But that said, and here's the thing: here's the thing that kind of gets me about that whole scene is that Rosita needs to hear that too. Mm-hmm. And if Enid had made it to Maggie in time, that's probably the speech she would have given. Yeah. And we wouldn't be in in the A-plot hole that we're in tonight. 
Right, because we come back to the A plot, which is uh, road worst worst buddy <laughs> movie ever, <laughs> most terrible road trip. Oh God! So we have another thing that doesn't feel very natural to me, aside from the whole everyone's got you know, these two women must die to avenge the man that they kind of love. Yeah, um, loved, kind of love. Had sex with certainly at some point, and we also have to believe that their Rosita is just so angry at Sasha still that she would come to her and say, We both have a reason to want to kill Negan, let's go kill Negan. And then, oh, by the way, don't talk to me the whole time, yeah. And and to some degree, they explain that later, they they, they you know, it's misdirected anger. It's misdirected, mis, misdirected pain, but at the same time, it still doesn't feel very natural. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel no. I don't. I don't think it works. There, because but I think I mean they have to get they have to get Sony Martin Green off the show, right? Because as we as we've talked about before, she's going to be on the new Star Trek show, mm-hmm. and we there are lots of different ways that she could die. And, and get off the show. One of them we saw more or less tonight. Mm-hmm. And well, and, and this is unfortunately not a show that you can put put characters on the bus. No. There's no, no there's no, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm moving to Cincinnati because, you know. Well, you could, you mm. could last season with like, if we're, I'm gonna go stay at Hilltop and then six yeah. episodes later, you know, they can come back. You can, you can put some, or, or, right. Know, to some degree, you could do that, but, the character like Sasha, who has been really integrated into the show for several seasons now and, and fairly prominent. And we also established that we think that she's going... We think we know how she's going to die. We mm-hmm. talked about that before, too. Or how we're going to get her exit, really, I guess. So, and I think it's been confirmed tonight that that's what's happening. Oh, yeah, it looks exactly... I mean, that, that really does is what it feels like. Now, they they go and have this argument... We don't have to be friends. We have to have to work together. Basically, is the scene. That's mm-hmm. what it is. And and then two, literally two scenes later, they're sitting in this warehouse having like, you know, a bonding moment over oh, knots. Of course. And 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 Rosita is telling her like, I like this little piece of backstory for her, where mm-hmm. basically she's like, Look, I men didn't think that I could handle myself, and at first I couldn't. So I attached myself to strong men, but then no, I, because I'm this tiny little girl, no one realized that I was watching them mm-hmm. and learning the things that they had to teach me. And basically, once I got the skill that I needed from whatever man had decided he needed to protect me at the time, I would go and I'd find another one to teach me something new. Right. And all of that. I, I did that until I found Abraham, and Abraham, instead of looking at me as somebody who needed to be protected, looked at me and said, saw me as an asset. Mm-hmm. And then I liked the where she said, like, I, when we got to Hilltop, or to Alexandria, I was faking it because he needed me to fake it. Right. And I didn't realize that he was learning how to become happy again and useful and all that stuff. Until it's too late, until he was gone. Right. So and that's why she's so mad. Because she never had a chance to tell him that she was happy, that he was happy. Mm-hmm. 
and that when so- she asked Sasha, were you happy? And Sasha, with some almost reluctance, like, and I, which I can understand because it's a hard thing to say to somebody who you know was in love with the person before you. Mm-hmm. And they ask you, so were you happy together? And your answer is kind of like, uh, what's what's the correct answer here? Do I say no? And well, and feel, you this know, has got to be a weird situation because this oh, is sure. not the kind of like, we were dating, then you, he left me for you, and then you dated, and then he left you for someone else. It's we were dating, he left me for you, and then he fucking died. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was straight up murdered in front of us is yeah. what it was. So, yeah, it's it's a very odd yeah. situation. And, and yet, for those moments like that that actually did feel real, so much of this conflict still felt forced. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was just, you know, the, we've had tiny pieces of it before, but never a sense that this was something that really built up the right way. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it works, but it felt awkward. Almost as awkward as their car stealing attempts tonight. Oh, right. So first they try and steal because they, they want actually, you know, not take forever to get to the compound. Mm-hmm. So first they try to steal a Saturn, which I could have told them don't do that, having been a Saturn owner. Um, then, uh, in what was, and this really bugged me, <laughs> it really bugged me because, okay, so they're, they had see this fence with these cars in there and they're, okay, plenty of cars, obviously our odds are pretty good at hot wiring one. Right. So they break in, they cut open the fence, there's a car parked against it and they, they do that, you know, let's start fire because zombies love fire. Apparently. Which, I, it's gotta be the movement. Of the flames. Yeah. I mean, that, that's got to be it. Otherwise, it makes no sense. But anyway, so they throw that through, and the, f- the fire is burning in the car, and then suddenly they're climbing the fence, and I have no idea where that was in relationship to where the car is. Yeah, the whole thing is bad, because they looked- they set the fire, then they climb the fence, and then they're in the car, the car they want. It just felt in really weird. Really, yeah, in a very bad sort of like, you know, clunky. It was very clunky the way it was edited because yeah. you didn't get any sense of where they were at all. And so that you lose any sense of of threat mm-hmm. or the fact that they were basically had pulled them away so that they were like well away from the sense that they were climbing. Right. It was just really weird. Anyway, they then t- then then uh, hotwire a Ford Taurus, and. <laughs> Justin and I have both owned Ford Tauruses. Yes. And we're looking at it going, no! <laughs> it's not how it is. It's been two days since that car was started. <laughs> it's, it's, it might as well just be a paperweight now. It's got, it's got air in the tires and gas in the tank. And the battery, it's not a Ford Taurus. What are you guys doing? So it was the, uh, we, yeah, it, <laughs> it was very wrong. But. Uh, so they use that to get to this warehouse or they're having this conversation and this bonding moment and this level of tension because the idea is there's this argument between the two of them that Sasha says we strike from a distance mm-hmm. and Rosita says no we, we go, go in with. close yeah. and Sasha's argument is well you know that if we go in close and get caught we're done right and if we strike from a distance, we still have the option of going in close. Right. And then, but then we might actually survive this. Right. And this is when you realize that Rosita has this death wish, mm-hmm. where, again, death wish doesn't really feel natural. Well, with her, it, they go, they go, like anytime 
on the show that they need. Okay, we need to spark some character development. We need mm. to make somebody feel like they've got a motivation. How about we make them dangerously suicidal? Right. Yeah. So it's not the pro. That's the problem is that they've done it. They did it with. Uh, we they've done it with Sasha already once. Right. They did it with Abraham. Right. They did it with uh, what's his name, the brother Tyrese. Tyrese, Tyrese was. And they did it with Tyrese. They do it to some extent with Carol. They're in the middle of something sort of like that with Carol. They've kind of done it with Rick to some degree. When oh, yeah. He's, when he's in that moment where he just doesn't care anymore. He's basically function, functioning suicidal. Right. So that, it's it's such retreaded, you know, because, like, anytime they need to, like, well, let's give them a motivation. Okay, they want to kill themselves. And, you know, for a world that is... As grim and unpleasant as the world of The Walking Dead is, there's a certain argument you could make for that. Uh But at the same time, they do it after these characters have gotten themselves into positions where there is hope. Mm -hmm. And they're building something. And they're creating something. And they're getting ready to fight against uh, the bad guys, the foes that have to be fought. And so let's take this valuable character off the board by making them suicidal. You're like, Mm -hmm. well, hang on. So it's, again feels really awkward and but there's this moment where sasha's looking at her like so you want to die then mm. got it and so then they 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 see uh so they got they're in this warehouse that, that's got a, a line of sight because yeah um uh, jesus drew them a map right and so they're up there looking through and they do see eugene and the metal covered zombies which I have to say, we talked. You mentioned this very quickly after hearing him talk about it. Is that basically these are now completely useless as guards, right? And I, I would be real surprised if we don't get the knock over the fence by pushing over the metal zombie, mm-hmm. because that's what I would do. <laughs> they're just big paperweights, and right? They're giant. They're you know, depending on how heavy they are. Mm-hmm. They're attached to the fence. Maybe, okay, let's say with wasting away, they are 80 pounds. Adult male zombies are like 80 pounds, sure. 80, 90 pounds. 100 pounds tops. Yeah. So now they've got metal on them. Mm-hmm. So that makes them 120 pounds. And they're all attached in, in you know, down the line of the fence. Yeah, all it would take, all it would take was for somebody to go up to one of these metal zombies who can't move, who can't turn its head and bite you. Right, they can wave their arms out a little bit, but that's mm-hmm. about it. And to go up to one of these metal zombies and, like, grab it by the top of the head and pull it, and to where it starts to fall over, and then... Just the drive, next... a, drive a truck into one of these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could just knock the whole thing down, which I kind of hope is what's going to happen. Now, well, no, now I don't think that I think there's less likelihood of that to happen now because we find out Eugene is Kool Aid drinking, drinking did it. Yeah, because because they turn on. Well, first, first Negan comes out to greet the doctor, mm-hmm. and Sasha's like, "Oh crap, that's the doctor," and they're like, and and so then she can't get a shot because she'll hit Eugene or she'll hit the doctor, right? Like, you know, like the one time that it was like, oops, I'll accidentally hit this other person was one of Negan's guards was in the way. Right. And while killing one of Negan's guards and then having Negan survive is not the best plan. Well, eh. they, and they really only have two bullets right. for the rifle. And this is 
Right. So, so a bit of a of a restriction. Right. They turn on the they turn on the uh, walkie talkie they got from reasons. I don't know where they got uh, this yeah. walkie talkie, and they hear Eugene being like, "This is Doctor Eugene. I'm the head of." this and i'm in charge and negan's going to do this and he left me in charge so i'm in charge of being in charge and i'm negan like you know i'm negan and they're looking at a good one oh great yeah <laughs> so, which go. does cast doubt onto what we were thinking was happening in the last time we saw we were really kind of hoping that eugene was because he is a smart guy even though he's a coward mm -hmm. that he was finding a way to play negan he right. was finding a way to manipulate this and, okay, could still be doing that, except they decide to go in because he says, they're, go, go, go bring me some more walkers. Go to, yeah. the, go to the buildings around us and uh, search them and find me some more walkers. And they're like, well, we're in the buildings around them. We should probably just gotta go in close. And they go in and conveniently, uh, there's a guard walking with um, uh, Eugene. and Talking about how terrible. <laughs> how terrible security is in this particular area and and it's proven by the guy taking a bullet to the head yeah and so sasha or rosita or one of them go starts cutting the fence and they're like come on come on eugene we're gonna rescue you and he's like i didn't ever ask to be rescued which really does raise the question of did he has he gone over to the dark side because uh, that he runs away he's like oh yeah i you know there'll be guards coming and then he runs off and whether or not he's go, what happens next is really going to tell us a lot, I think, mm -hmm. because because um, Rosita and Sasha are like, okay, now we have to go in, right? And, and Sasha says, "Cover me," and Rosita's like, turns the other way, and she's like scanning the area with her weapon, and and when she turns around, Sasha's on the other side of the fence, and she's mended the fence with magic, and and it's like, like you got to go now, because I'm going to go inside and die. Mm -hmm. and, and then be on a Star Trek show. <laughs> Can, congratulate me for my for for moving to uh, to one of the the you know Big Four networks. Bye. <laughs> Except the Star Trek show is going to be on that on the the their pay channel. Oh, CBS something. Yeah. So. I'm not so sure. I don't even about know it. if I have that. I have. You probably don't. Most people. Well, don't have so I have the digital cable with the digital. <laughs> okay. The magic. There's, there's more than one type of digital what cable. What is it called? It's called CBS. What? Oh, I don't. All access or something. I don't know. Um, unfortunately, it is. Um, it's going to. This is a big debate over on the Star Trek yeah. side of things: is whether or not this is a good idea to put it on a channel that a lot not everybody can get. So, we'll see what happens. But yes, uh, Rosita then, of course, decides that she doesn't really want to die so much uh, right now. Yes. And... Not this particular second. Let's, right. Because yeah. Sasha goes inside, and you can hear shooting and, and yelling, and, and you, you know, Sasha getting captured. Right. And... Maybe. Who knows? Probably. And okay. we think this is likely to be the, the... In the comic, there's a character that is... is a hostage exchange kind of deal that goes back and, and it's revealed that is the character that the saviors are returning to Rick's uh, group is already a walker and mm -hmm. they've got a bag over their head and they pull it off so they're already dead. And we think that's what's going to happen to Sasha. Yeah. So Rosita then uh, tries to make her way away. Is confronted by a gentleman with a crossbow. 
a dark gentleman with the light behind them in, in shadow and it's very dramatic and she goes but we don't know we don't know who it is because right now there are two gentlemen with crossbows right floating around and you know could be daryl could be daryl could be dwight could be dwight but and... at this point at this at this point i kind of wonder if if even if it is dwight if that's not still kind of an okay well, I think what happened in the comic at this point is that Dwight was the other person that we were. That was the he was the exchange. Is that Negan had the idea that Dwight was uh, being held prisoner as opposed to Dwight actually going to the folks on Rick's side and saying this can't go on. Oh yeah, I believe that's what happened. So potential spoilers, I guess, but it's the comic and it's, we're already well off. Yeah, off and I forgot, and I've not read anything from the comic in in years i don't even know like i've got what books do i have i have books three through eight because curtis smith took one and two and never returned them and uh i don't even know i haven't read seven or eight yet so i don't mm. know where those are in the world but curtis smith stole from me curtis smith will bring them back curtis smith when he comes maybe not the next time he comes back to record with us no. he did say he's coming back by the way Sometime, at some point. He said that once the show actually gets going, we'll be rehearsing on Sunday night. Uh-huh. Yeah, he told... Yeah, we yeah, okay. knew that. We so, knew that. He said we said it here, yeah, I believe. We said it again, though. Again, this seventh or eighth time. <laughs> and anyway, uh, so that was kind of tonight's episode. And next week, we have the Amazon's attack. I don't know what I think of the of, of seeing uh, sea, Seaside or mm-hmm. Ocean View or whatever it's called. And an explosion in the background. Like, I'm really, really hoping that Rick is not going to show up and be like, we're taking your weapon. Yeah, I don't want to say that. I'm a big man with a big, big angry face and a beard. As strong as they write some of the women on this show, I would imagine that would not be something they would do. I hope not. So I'm suspecting that's probably not the case. And unfortunately, if that does happen, that kind of implies. We also saw shots of Negan in that episode, too. So we're only a few episodes away from the end of the season. Right, and next next season will more than likely be the war. I would imagine so, because I think this season could easily end with the war beginning, and next season. Yeah, this be... is. I think this this we're leading up to ending with with Sasha being returned as a Walker in in the end of of season of this season. That's the last episode. And something like the the you know there'll be something resembling Negan saying "kill them all." And... And something, some about probably about three other characters will die in terrible ways. Right, like the like you know, like they do every season exactly. at the end of every season. So except for the last season, which pissed everybody yeah. off. <laughs> and then they did then first episode of this season right. pissed everybody off. So yeah, it's you know it's The Walking Dead, but still, uh, it in some respects an establishment episode, uh, right. but also another an episode to basically cause some tension and build some. Some actual risk, even there was some mishandled stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back next week with more, of course. And you can find this and our other podcasts on podcast.com and on iTunes. And if you are listening to us on iTunes, if you could please rate or comment, rate and comment on, on iTunes. And subscribe. And, and subscribe and all that stuff. Send so, us to your friends and... It, we see numbers from podcast.com. We can see what how many listens we're getting. We can't see that stuff on iTunes. 
um, because they don't show it. They don't share that stuff with people. But if you make a comment or give us a like, we can see that you listened to the show and hopefully that you enjoyed it. So we've also got a bunch of other cool podcasts to listen to on Sci-Fi for Me Radio. We hope that you will check those out. And we'll be back next week with more Zompocalypse Now. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Bye. Bye. Okay. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Horror For Me Radio. Ha 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 ha.